0: Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Buxton. Look, if you want to take your, your leasing, your marketing, your site selection, all your due diligence to a whole new level, I promise you, you want to visit buxtonco.com. Well, today we're going to talk about, I think, the sector, in my mind, to the, to the national audience here, is, is what's kind of most in question when you think about sectors, right? Industrial doing great, multifamily doing great. We kind of know the story of retail, right? Everybody seems to know it. But I think the sector that's kind of most in question right now is the office sector, right? What is happening? What is going to happen? What is the sentiment? Well, let's talk to someone who controls 20 million square feet of office space around the, around the globe or around the country and get his opinion. Please welcome my guest. It's Charlie Hobie. He's managing director with EQ Office. Charlie, thanks for joining us, sir.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, Charlie, to to kind of get us started out, I mean, the amount of properties you guys own in the major cities around the country, um, how many of your tenants that are paying rent and have leases uh, are actually in the space using it?
1: Yeah, sure. It's a good question. Um, We've got, uh, depending on the market, Michael, it's between 20 and 40 percent. Uh, you know market like San Francisco tends to be on the lower end of that range New York uh, Midtown although there's there's a lot more activity um, you know currently or, or more recently um, Delta really put a, a a hold on the return to office and a market like Nashville is closer to you know 40 50 percent um, and again Delta really put, uh, the brakes on what was, uh, you know, pretty good upward trend of people returning to the physical spaces, but but right now that's that's kind of where we are. Yeah, and Charlie,
0: as you guys talk to tenants that you your current tenants and prospective tenants, it seems like the trend uh, a year ago. Here we are in November 2021, and if you look back, kind of a year ago pre-vaccine, well, there's a lot of sentiment that office was was dead and we don't need office space. Yeah, kind of give us your view from your desk. What were you hearing a year ago, and what's
1: different today? Well, so it's a, it's yeah, it's a it's a really broad question. Um, you know, so I'll I'll kind of highlight a couple of key things, and we can drill into the key areas. But but right now, what we're seeing the current situation is there's a tension between the talent or the office workers and what they want and the business leaders, decision makers on the other side. So on one side, you've got the the talent who wants to work wherever they choose. And currently they're choosing to work from home for the most part. And on the other side, you have the business decision makers who believe that they'd rather have their, their folks back in the office, but they're mainly right now motivated by fear and uncertainty, just frankly. And they're afraid that they're going to get caught in the great attrition. It's gonna be hard to attract uh, folk, talent. And so they're they're for the most part accommodating that that work from home. We we think that long term those trends are gonna are gonna change for a, a bunch of reasons, but uh, that's the that's the current state of the market today.
0: Yeah. And Charlie, how, how is that sentiment or has adjusted at all from say a year ago, right before the vaccines kind of came out and, and kind of today, is there any any change?
1: Well, I, I think so. I mean, again, I think Delta really flipped things on its head. Um, a year ago, you know, the conventional wisdom was folks were gonna be back um, you know around around Labor Day. And we saw that showing up in the in the stats. Uh, you know the with the success of the vaccines. Um, you know we track uh, you know not just the absorption numbers but also leading indicators. And august twenty twenty one was in many markets, Uh, the touring activity was higher than 2019, which was a really great year for the office market. And so again, you know, before the Delta spike, uh, we were seeing a lot of great activity, you know, forward-looking activity, and then Delta really just kind of pulled the rug under under that. Right, and
0: that hasn't bounced back since then. Uh, It's kind of still a little slower than it was in August.
1: Still, still slow. Um, although, again, I, you know, it's, we're just coming out of Delta right now. Uh, you know, and what we're what we're hearing from uh, decision makers is that they are interested in getting their teams back in the office. So, I, I think that uh, you know, it's not showing up in the numbers yet. Um, again, with a couple of exceptions. I mean, some the office job growth uh, is has been really, really strong. Uh, you know, again, we track the last uh, you know three um, downturns, uh, including the the global financial crisis com, and we're back uh, post COVID we're back to pre COVID jobs 25 million jobs lost and gained in a little under two years, GFC that was around six years and dot com that was around four years. So, so again, good, good acceleration of, of office activity. We, we believe those jobs are going to, you know, find their way into the office, um, even though in, in many markets is not showing up in positive absorption. Um, but you know, exceptions. Your your market, uh, Atlanta, had positive absorption in, in Q3. So there are there are some some exceptions to that. The you know the overall national number is still negative. We're talking with Charlie Hobie, managing director with
0: EQ Office, and and Charlie. You, you mentioned some of the leadership of these companies. You know, want to get their people back together for all the benefits there that, that are there for their people uh, and their companies and, and clients and customers. What is working to get them back as a as a landlord? What's working to get help the leadership of these companies get their employees back?
1: Well, I mean, again, I, I think the big thing that's going to drive people back is the 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 purpose of the office is to enable collaboration, which facilitates innovation, which delivers business results. So I think that you know most important thing long term that's going to be the driver. Um, you know Peter Drucker, strategy uh, business strategy guru said culture eats strategy for breakfast, and <laughs> he was a strategy guru. So that that's how important it is for uh, you know humans to be. In physical contact and to collaborate for good business results, I, th- I think that long term that's going to be the most important. Okay, um, near term, what are we doing? First of all, on the there's, there's, again, it's a super broad topic, but first of all, on the product side, we are offering uh, you know flexible spaces, flexible solutions for our customers. And so again, it's the if you think about a business decision maker today, they have a lot of uncertainty from from COVID from hybrid work, from inflation. And you know, one way to address that is by offering them a solution that is move-in ready, so they don't have to invest a bunch of uh, upfront capital. They can spend their capital on marketing and people. It is super high quality space, so that draws their, their talent into the office. And then you monetize it with technology to make it really easy to access, touchless access, um, you, know, you improve the the uh, the wellness of the building, the, so it's a healthy space, and you offer great uh, food and drink. So th- those are kind of the keys. Um, and then there's other other things we're doing that are that are you know more specific to things you can't get at home um, as well. Things like tenant events and um, you know community building events that are starting to draw draw folks back as well. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you, you're working on the uh,
0: wellness certifications or the, just the wellness aspects of your buildings and your space and, and I love the touchless technology and, and that kind of can happen from the, from the parking to the entrance to the building to the elevators to, to the
1: restrooms, everything, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Our, the other, um, thing, I think the future offices are going to be way more personalized than offices of today, just things that were, and and it's we're, we're early stages uh, you know, just frankly, the tech is still early stages. Um, but our vision is that your, your smart device is your single pane of glass for everything you need at the office. It's to access your space. It's to order a work request food delivery to your desk. We're doing in some markets um and then it's personalization so when you have a uh, uh, you a space that has of things um the lights are adjusted to how you prefer them they they know what what you want uh as a as, a, as an individual the the Mecho shades adjust at the right time of day for for your uh, personal uh desire of comfort or or view so th- these are some of the things that we think are, uh, you know, going to be important for really enhancing the, the experience. And um, you know, again, our, our vision is to, to bring humanity to the workplace. And we're really thinking about how humans interact and can live better lives at work. That's fantastic.
0: One of the things I think my audience is going to be curious about, uh, Charlie, what you're seeing from your desk related to square footage per employee. Obviously, those numbers were were really condensed down to sometimes 100 square feet per person. Uh, are, what are you seeing as a
1: trend there? Are you seeing any changes there yet? So that, yeah, this is another great one. That's you know, there's a lot of uh, you know articles in the press about uh, you know hybrid work and the impact on demand for office. this one, this uh, de densification, is a trend that we believe is going to support more office demand. And this is not you know just just us. It's talking to uh, our clients talking to their their talent um, uh, as you said the the trend over the last you know 10 years depending on the market um, a market like San Francisco is 30 percent more dense than it was uh, 10 years ago and uh, just like the talent is choosing to work from home the talent is going to choose to not sit in uh, you know uh, desk desks being you know a block you know uh, cheek by gel together and so that uh, we believe that trend is going to start to reverse. It's not something that's showing up in the stats right now, um, but uh, you know, we're, we're watching it closely. We think that uh, you know, in particular as more of the concentration work shifts to home and office spaces become more you know, community and collaboration, that's also gonna drive uh, increased, um, you know, more uh, square footage per office job. We think that's good for we think that's good for us, and it's good for the talent as well.
0: And Charlie, are you seeing any trends on tenant request or tenant uh, letters of intent or requests for proposals that are in in these deals that uh, maybe wasn't in there a few years ago?
1: I, I think the big one that stands out is is term flexibility. Yes, yeah, so so we're you know we have again we have a product where we're prepared to offer. Um, uh, you know, a shorter, a shorter term. Um, and, uh, you know, that is a, again, it's typically an investment that we're making in the space, which is frankly higher end than, uh, a tenant would typically get, um, because we look at it as more long-term capital. We're not going to go in and tear out that those finishes, those high end finishes in three to five to seven years. So when the, when our client wants a shorter term, we either will, we're willing to offer them that space on a shorter term, or if they want, you know, seven years with a three year and a five year uh, termination option, we're comfortable doing that. I mean, again, it depends on all the other things for uh, you know client credit and uh, you know future growth potential and et cetera. Um, but that, that is something that I think is kind of you know, big picture uh it emerging emerging more uh, as, as a trend nationwide yeah and that
0: that makes sense um i want to ask you though how that impacts you know walt the weighted average lease term and kind of what the the debt the equity kind of the valuation side of commercial real estate you know how is the maybe the shorter more flexible leases impacting that
1: i i think that the way we look at it is first of all it, it's not going to be the full solution okay however it's the you know the, the there is and there's a tension between the capital markets wanting a longer walt and our clients looking for you know more flexibility we think there's a somewhere in between where we can offer both products so the the flexible products as some percentage of the total uh building square footage that enable us, first of all, strategically to win that business, that's where a lot of the demand is today. And then secondly, to incubate and provide, uh, you know, additional deal sources for that long term space. So not, you know, there's there's, again, there's a big segment of the market today that's looking for flexibility, we still think that, you know, long term, um, all the all the reasons that a that a, um, uh, you know, an occupier wants to control their space, uh, for branding and, and uh, customization, et cetera, we think that's going to be the bulk of the business. But we can't uh, ignore the the customer demand for um, you know for flexibility and, and convenience. And so I, I think it's an open question. I think that you know there uh, pre-COVID there were a, a handful of trades that had um, you know good good exposure, good rent roll exposure to flexible type spaces and uh, you know, those, those traded pretty well. Actually, the, where the data was coming out was you actually get a little bit of a premium on those, on those trades, um, but it's, it's an open question. It's an open question. I think that, um, again, we're confident that the demand will be there, the capital markets demand will be there, um, but we're, we're
0: observing it. And when you say you get a little bit of a value in those trades, you mean as a, as a buyer
1: or seller? So, sorry as a as a seller the cap rates were slightly lower uh, you know fractions of a basis point uh, kind of lower 10 10 20 basis
0: points lower and is that because the uh, there's upside on the rental rates
1: so I I think again it's the the uh, yeah part of it is they they're higher they tend to be higher margin uh, spaces higher rental rate spaces part of it is that you're you um, are you're diversifying your rent roll, so I think you're you're you know you're more likely to be uh, have a higher stabilized vacancy. And um, again, I think folks, the I think the capital markets were buying the the demand, the inherent demand for that product. The the, the traditional lease is not right for uh, everyone. And so, if you're just offering a single product, uh, I think that over the long term you're going to underperform buildings that that offer more than one product. Yeah,
0: and I know you don't have a crystal ball, so forgive me for that for this, but I know you know this industry well and study it. Um, when you look at kind of pre-COVID demand of, of 2019 for office space and, and occupancy and, um, and, and, and deal volume, when do you think it gets back to that level? Is it 2022, 2023, 2024? And I know it varies for building and
1: market, but if you said just overall for the country, so I, I again you're right. We don't we don't have a, a crystal ball. We believe that long term the trend is gonna be favorable. Um, I, my personal view, and I don't think this is you know necessarily our house view, but the the you know in the next twelve to eighteen months, I think we're gonna first of all we're gonna know. We're gonna know if the demand comes back as fast as it was pre-delta. And I think it's gonna be there. I think the job growth has been, you know, so high. You've got markets like, um, uh, you know, Austin, uh, San Francisco, Seattle, that are seeing you know seven and a half to ten percent uh, office job growth. Uh, we think that I think that's going to show up in, in, in demand. The the national number I, I don't know, but I think you're definitely going to see uh, acceleration demand in, in the markets that are seeing um, you know above historical uh, job growth. So maybe eighteen
0: months we're back at uh, in your opinion.
1: Personal Some benefit. markets already back, like, like you know, like I was right. saying. But that, but uh, yeah, not nationwide. I think that that everyone kind of catches up.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, uh, in my personal opinion, uh, as soon as employers feel that it's safe to have their employees and in back into uh, transit, back into the office together, uh, that, that it's going, the demand is going to increase uh, more quickly than I think we realize having being involved in, in COVID right now I think we kind of get in that mindset of distance and and all of that and I think uh, it could change pretty quickly so if you will I'd like to ask you uh, Charlie to kind of leave us a tip you know first of all one for for a for a tenant uh in today's market and then maybe one for a, a landlord or an investor in the office space so what would you leave uh, tenants with as a as a tip at the
1: moment Um. Let's see. For for the tenants, I I would leave them as the the tip of uh, you know listen to your listen to your talent, listen to what your um, uh, employees are saying. Uh, it still is really hard to really hard to hire. Um, however, I'd also say you know collaborate with your landlord on how you can get your folks back into the office because I do think that there is uh you know there's going to be a competitive advantage and um you know i i, I cons- i'm concerned about businesses who uh you know don't get back and uh you know maybe you know us as a as a country not you know starting to erode our our competitiveness um ken griffith from uh, citadel gave some pretty pretty uh, cogent comments on on that topic and then for landlords i think it's the kind of the the other side of the same coin which is um Uh, You know, listen to your your clients, um, but also uh, observe. So you know, we have uh, at EQ, we spent a lot of time thinking about um, uh, design thinking, human centered design, uh, you know, which is more kind of what you think from a software company versus a commercial real estate company. Um, But we have to be agile, we have to adjust, we can't, you know, we we believe that the office demand will be there. um, But we have to watch. And uh, see what decisions our clients are making, and um, evolve, be agile, uh, you know, establish new services, um, you know, uh, new technologies, uh, you know, maybe new new uh, space designs, collaborate with them, um, you know, sensors and data to to measure how the, all those things are working. Um, so it's a lot. It's kind of a, a broad run uh, suggestion to landlords, but uh, I think as an industry we need to be. Uh, like I said, more more agile and, and more focused on the customer uh, than ever. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Charlie,
0: what about when you're underwriting an office investment these days? Uh, is, are you doing anything a little bit differently uh, than you did uh, pre-COVID?
1: Um, as far as our underwriting, I think that uh, there Covid hasn't necessarily impacted our our underwriting. I think that uh, you know again, our you know, tell tell me I'm wrong, but um, you know the the everything that we knew before Covid was the office is important for collaboration, and you know we we again we believe uh, long term that the demand will be there. So so as far as like our uh, you know macro assumptions, um, you know we're not we're not really we haven't really altered those. Um, that much. I do think from a, from a product standpoint, um, you know, we probably are uh, underwriting a little bit more um, of investment in enhancing, uh, you know, that customer experience. And, you know, again, we think that pays dividends on, on a faster lease up and, um, you know, higher rental rates and just more, more competitiveness. Um, especially when uh, you know you're you're looking at an opportunistic deal that may be competing with um, with new construction. Um, but uh, you know, again, other than that, which is you know should have an ROI, otherwise we don't underwrite it. We haven't really uh, altered our you know made blanket assumptions that are that are any different pre COVID. I would say. Yeah. Well, I repeat it again. I, I love how you guys
0: are using technology and and, and health related and wellness activities and. And I, I, one of my pet peeves is the, uh, getting in a building, getting getting in there without touching door handles. And so I leave landlords with, hey, this idea, you know, don't don't make me uh, touch door handles uh, to get in and out of your building. And and if you can, you know, uh, have it know who I am because of my phone, right? And it opens up and knows that uh, Michael Bull walked in. That's right.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, the a revolving door is a pretty bad customer experience. So, so we're uh, simpatico on that. And, um, and yeah, again, that's our, our, uh, uh, you know, we've looked at, um, you know, biometric access, uh, you know, which has has its advantages, some folks like, um, but you know, everyone, everyone has a phone, for the most part, everyone has a smart device. And um, that technology has gotten really good, so you can go from your parking garage uh, to the through the lobby, through the turnstiles, to the elevator, to your to your space, um, touchless, uh, smooth, and um, it's a much better much better user experience than than dragging around uh, you know a bunch of key cards, especially if you work in multiple locations. Yeah. Um, same thing for visitor access. Uh, you know the the visitor uh, process can be much better with a smart device than. Waiting in line, showing your ID, um, you know, having to, uh, you know, they can't find you in the system. That that's a, we think it's a much better user experience with uh, with the technologies that are available today.
0: Yeah, and thank goodness for a longer battery life in
1: these things. <laughs> for sure, for sure, <laughs> oh, we'll be really stuck. Well, Charlie,
0: thanks for joining us. Great information, sir.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure.
0: All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. Please uh, let us know what you think. and We appreciate uh, you sharing the show and uh, commenting. Uh, So uh, let us know what you think. And please connect with us on your favorite social media. So until next week, be sure you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing, site selection, and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit BuxtonCo.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is Michael at BullRealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success, expert level commercial real estate broker training cloud access one up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.